Welcome to the Tangent Podcast. It's good to be back with you here y'all? on a on a beautiful Tuesday night. <clears throat> so good. How are how are you? Beautiful. Things are going well. I got a beautiful cookie sent from my neighbors next door, so I'm enjoying myself. Jealous. Mm-hmm. I have a protein cookie, but it's terrible. I have uh chocolate orange over here. Good. Yeah, they are. All right. So we are uh, actually getting on track and uh, getting some episodes out. So hopefully we're able to get this one out by Monday, like planned. Weekly content now. Weekly on be, Monday. going to be for real. We know we have promised you many times. <laughs> Consider this the fulfillment of that promise. So many empty promises. Yeah, there has been a lot. But Monday, unless we say otherwise, there couldn't be some... So, there's probably going to be some off weeks or something like that, but. Also, thank you to the to those of you who viewed our new YouTube platform this week. Yeah. Uh, we're on YouTube, so if you want to see our beautiful faces, then check us out there as well. Then don't look at YouTube, because there's no beauty. So, <clears throat> speak for yourself. Speak for yourself, pal. Hey, I speak the truth. People can't hate me for speaking the truth. To 11 views and 4 subscribers, so go ahead and nice. uh, uh, subscribe to our channel if you want to do that. We're thinking of, if we get enough people interested, we might even do like live episodes where you can like chat with us while we're doing the episode. That might be fun. But How cool would it be to tell your friends like, oh my gosh, I chatted with the guys from the Tangent Podcast, and they're going to be like, oh my gosh, I my love the Tangent Podcast. They said my username. Yeah. On stream. And then... Then we could set up a paranormal network of people reporting on site across the country. Be our eyes and ears out in the world. For little imagine, to no pay. Just imagine the clout you'll get with your friends for uh, telling them you spoke with the hosts of Tangent Podcast. I thought clout was a bad thing. Clout? No, clout's a good thing. Oh, what am I thinking of then? Gout. Gout, <laughs> Gout is bad. Alright, that reminds me though. Do you guys have stripper names? Rumpled foreskin. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's usually the the best one to go with. Dude, <laughs> I was gonna foreskin. go. I was gonna go with gingivitis. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just got a catchy ring to it, don't you think? It doesn't change from like the actual thing. <laughs> It doesn't need to, dude. Angel, stardust, gingivitis. I mean, maybe if you're a redhead and then you say, like, gingivitis, like, okay. but Nope, just gingivitis. <laughs> gout. I, when you said gout, I was like, that'd be a good stripper name, too. Introducing, no, no, introducing no. Gingivitis and gout, the dynamic duo. No. No, that would be so bad. And then no. there's going to be some poor... There's some poor stripper <laughs> out there named Gout. <laughs> oh, my stomach curtains now. Oh. <laughs> That's oh. funny. Let's see. Best stripper names. Oh, oh the, the, that is... I don't know if you want to go down that hole. Keep it PG-rated. Unforgettable names. I got one. What if? What if your name was the Rabbit Hole? <laughs> the Rabbit Hole. Um, this is a dumb cricket. Uh, thumper. Uh, so this is getting like slightly Disney now. I guess. The Phantom Zone. Hampton Roads. Apparently, that's one of the top ten stripper names. Apparently, there's a lot of people named Hampton Roads out there that are. Mm. Anyway, yeah, that's weird. Move on, huh? Yeah, Alan's not doing it for me. Gingivitis takes the cake, though. I'm telling you, man, it's a good one. <laughs> or, or something like vitamin C. Vitamin C. <clears throat> anyway, what are we talking about today? We, well, do we have an encounter, first of all? Um, yes, do we have space news, first of all? 
I don't think we have space news today. No space news today. So sad. I, it's it is sad because ever since Mike, the Rocket Man, do you remember Mike's last name? Mike. Mike. Uh, Mike was a flat earther that Mad, Mad was, Mike Hughes. Mad uh, Mike Hughes. He's a yep. was a flat earther that was trying to prove that the Earth was flat by shooting, making his own rocket to get high enough to see that the Earth was flat and blew himself up. Or... We talked about him in a couple episodes, but that would have been, what, two years ago now? Yeah, probably that a couple was, years ago. That was exciting. That was, those were exciting times, fellas. Exciting times. Yeah. Um, definitely. Well, I'll tell you, he definitely was the pioneer for Craigslist water heater-powered spacecraft, so... <laughs> I still can't believe it was just a water heater. I know. I wonder how much like how much traffic went up on Craigslist when he was saying that. All right. Well, yeah. here's one. Um, I just googled space news, and apparently the Falcon Nine launches Italian radar satellite today. Not sure what that means, but the Falcon Nine placed an Italian radar mapping satellite in orbit after four days of delays. The Italians are getting ready to strike. Now I don't maybe maybe call me paranoid. I am I'm a little paranoid, but I feel like we should probably just only allow the uh, SpaceX program to work for the United States. Maybe maybe it's a private company; they can do whatever they want. Yeah, Elon yeah, Musk is from Africa, so it's true. Oh, I'm trying to see what the point of this satellite is. If it says. It seems like what's the point of any satellite going up these days? They, oh, dude, it, it's it all is, the same thing. It was success, it successfully landed back uh, on the ground after eight minutes. Eight minutes after liftoff, that's pretty impressive. Put a put a uh, satellite in orbit and then landed within eight minutes. Now cool. is that the satellite landing or is that SpaceX no, that's rockets? That's, that's the Falcon Nine. Right. So, I mean, yeah, it's impressive, but I mean, still nothing to say about the satellite and everything to say about SpaceX. Apparently this thing doesn't do anything, just radar. Radar's boring. It's so that the Italians can catch all the impastas. Ha. Ha ha. But, <laughs> okay, that was actually really good. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to uh, the encounter of the day. Alright, I'm gonna throw it on screen. Which one of you wants to be covered by it? Because I gotta cover one of you too. You can I guess cover I can cover me. myself. Yeah, get out of here, Austin. I think I covered Ryan in the last week's. Okay, this one is called Heard My Name Called Out in a Cemetery. And it goes <clears throat> something in my throat. Oh my gosh. Oh, I almost died. It says, back in high school, I had to had a close friend named Lucas. We were friends since elementary school and had many good times together. One day, I was at another friend's house when his mother asked, Isn't this your friend? while pointing at the obituaries. I was in shock no one had told me. After making a few calls, I found out what happened. Apparently, he spent four days in the ICU before he passed away. What made matters worse was my, my job wouldn't let me off for f the funeral because he wasn't family. I was devastated. Never had I lost a friend before. Turned out he would. Turns out he got in a rollover on his 21st birthday. First chance I got, I was determined to go visit Lucas. Upon arriving to the cemetery, I find out that the office was already closed. I wasn't going to leave without seeing him. I spent about 20 minutes going row by row in an area that I, I felt was right. All of a sudden, I hear his voice clear as day, loudly call my name. My eyes tear up, and I go in to the I go in the direction of his voice and find his grave not too far away. I sat a long time and said my goodbyes with him. I'll never forget that day, and was so happy he helped me find him. I was heartbroken to lose such a good, great friend, and went to visit Lucas every birthday for ten years. Man, that's that's like it's not an encounter. That's just like something I would read from Chicken Soup for the Soul. That just. That's oh, like kind of sweet at the it's end. A feel good. Yeah. It's it's a, what's wrong with having a feel good encounter? Yeah, they don't all have to be scary. Yeah. That's what I, I think we've. 
We have, you've, I've never heard us do a feel-good encounter. We, we have. have a couple. Yeah, a couple there was a, on a Christmas day, the, there was like a, uh, like a flame, wasn't it? Like a candle flame that went on, and he knew it was his father yeah. that passed away like a year before or something like that. Right. I don't remember the exact details. Oh, but yeah. Well, not we all talk, encounters need to be bad. Yeah. We talk frequently about the good and the bad side, too. You know, there's both sides of it, so it's kind of nice to switch things up every once in a while. Ask any religion. They'll tell you there's good paranormal <clears throat> encounters. And we got a good one today. Yeah. But, you know, That's pretty I cool. It was a, it's good to get a change every once in a while, you know? We, gotta, we, we deserve to... Not all spirits are bad. Just, a, you know, we, we, majority. We, we want to make sure we get the both sides of the story, you know? We don't want to be super biased. I like it. I like it. Good story. Uh, Good story. I don't know his name, but hopefully Lucas is uh, doing well wherever he is. Whatever you believe in. Wait, Lucas was the one that died, or the Lucas was the friend? Uh, We don't know the friend's name, Anonymous, but Lucas was the one that passed away. God bless you, Lucas. Sad. It is sad. You guys better know right now, full disclaimer, if I die at a young age, I am definitely going to haunt both of you. <laughs> I need, the, I thought, I need, I need the, the content. I thought you were going to say that specifically, if you die at a young age, it wasn't of natural causes. <laughs> it was I, aliens, I if swear. If I die within three weeks, Austin is sub- prime suspect number one. Don't believe his alibi. So what are we talking about today? We are talking about reincarnation. Is, um, is is this a southern southern term or southern thing that happens? Way too close to reincarnation. Re- what reincarnation? Yep. Just it's any anything is just fun to say in a southern accent. Just just give it a try. Give it a try with any word, and it's just more fun. Ham bone, right? <laughs> Gingivitis, right? Yeah, well, we're talking Sweet about reincarnation. Tea and whiskey. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, reincarnation. Um, first of all, I wanted to give just kind of an overview of where the idea comes from. So, it's been around for a long time. Uh, mainly is credited to the beliefs of Hinduism and Buddhism. And there's... I think in the world, the count now is at least over a billion people claim to believe in Hinduism. And most of those, I would say, are of Eastern or Oriental descent coming from the areas where Hinduism and Buddhism are popular. But it's becoming a more popular belief among even Christians to where there is a study done in the U.S. that, um, and I don't know how these numbers were corroborated, but the study said that of the U.S., there's 33% of people that believe in reincarnation, and of the Christian population, about 20 to 25% of the Christian population believe in reincarnation as well. So You said um, this was in the United States or the U.K.? In the United States. So it's becoming a more prevalent idea, um, and of that, that 33%, 10% of them said that they even recalled their past lives that they were re- like before they became reincarnated into their current form. So over like what reincarnation is, the, the main idea comes again from Hinduism and Buddhism. And so particularly in Hindu Hinduism, there's these kind of basic principles or the four I'm gonna butcher this pronunciation, but the four Prusarthas and they're kind of four goals or like four aims for human life. Um and the pursuit of these four goals is thought to provide one with like enlightenment and freedom from like the stresses and woes of human life <clears throat> so the first one is dharma which is like kind of like living in harmony with your fellow human beings and kind of like the set of rules to to live with other people and live your life on earth um and then there's artha which is the pursuit of material prosperity so not just like sustenance but also um prosperity through providing service to others and like serving your government serving your country um doing things like that and you therefore achieve prosperity through your work that you do while you're on earth 
and then there's kama which is like the pursuit of good pleasures in life um and then there's mosha or masha i don't know how to say it or which is kind of equivalent to nirvana in buddhism and this is like the spiritual liberation or kind of like salvation i guess um like enlightenment and so in hinduism they believe that you have these multiple lives like i think i heard that hinduism like they believe you can have up to 52 million different like iterations oh or gosh. Re reincarnations of life and each one of those reincarnations provides you with a new perspective or a new um like way of living to help enlighten your soul and to help you grow and like progress and so they believe that people can start as like a blade of grass as like the simplest life form and then from there you progress on to something else like you'd go from a blade of grass to being for example like a worm or something and then from there to being a bird and so each time you're you're taking on this new life form and learning new things um and your soul and and your i guess your knowledge and everything like that is growing you're becoming more enlightened you're growing closer to i guess your creator or your god or whatever you want to call it and then the state of moshe that fourth kind of tenet is um, is what helps you break that cycle of, re of reincarnation or helps you kind of liberate yourself from that when you become enlightened and you become um, fully, how do I explain it? Like you fully enlightened and fully, like you've progressed fully to the point where um, you can now break that cycle of reincarnation and you are able to just go on to be peaceful and I guess live forever at that point. So... Hmm. From what I understand, that's that's how the Hindus believe is that every reincarnation of your life helps you learn and, and progress more to that that moshka or that enlightenment. Um, it was kind of an interesting concept, but um, so they believe in past lives and future lives, and that every life gives you new, you know, new experience. And so I kind of wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that, like, because every major religion has this concept. Or I guess I guess Christianity and most major religions have this concept of like an afterlife, of there being something you know your soul or your essence, whatever you want to call it, carrying on to this life after. Um, but then this reincarnation also states that you have lives before, which is also common in some denominations of Christianity, showing that there is a pre-existence before you come to this earth. Um, and so, like, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Like, do you think that reincarnation is possible or like, like, what do you, what do you, what are your thoughts? I've never thought about it before. If I'm being completely honest, I grew up Christian, um, and I don't know, reincarnation was never, never even mentioned. I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, what's resurrection was though, because obviously Christianity is all about that. Anyway, um, I I never honestly even thought about it until. About four minutes ago, but I, I, I want to, I, I was just looking up a little bit more about what you were saying. And apparently a, a human is the only being who has one complete soul to himself. Someone asked is that Quora, uh, does a soul have 84 Laka birth? I don't know what that means. I had no idea, but what he said, this guy said, a human is the only being on Earth who has one complete soul to himself. This happens after 8,400,000 births as lower life forms, such as rocks, plants, and animals. Because all of these lower forms have li of life have shared souls, 200 million, min 200 million mineral particles could sh share one common soul. One million plants of wheat could share one common soul. Two thousand elephants could have one common soul. A human has one full soul to himself. This means that only that one human has a full consciousness. He has earned this by going through 8.4 million lower forms. This is all coming from Korra. Korra, yeah. So this is uh, just, you guys know what Korra is? Yeah. Basically, well, I, Yahoo, I, it's, it's gospel. Answers. Like, this is, this is total truth. So like, this came from a fellow named Pranav Duwan. I'm sure I said that wrong. But I'm guessing he comes from that religion, so he probably knows more than us. Did, does it say what religion? Interesting. Um, Hinduism. Oh, okay. 
Well, uh, specifically Hinduism in India. What I specifically like about uh, that is that there's a general, um, like, I think it's easy for us as humans to think, like, we're top of the food chain, we rule the world, and to not care about kicking a rock down the road. But if you genuinely believe that there are spirits that are in each one of these things, it kind of makes you stop and think about, oh, what what is the, the essence or the purpose of some of these lesser beings or lesser uh, items in the earth, but it brings an overall connection to our environment. Yeah. I mean, so feel even... Bad for kicking all those rocks and stepping on all those leaves. I like to crunch, hear the crunch, crunchy you know? leaves. Yeah. Crunchy there leaves are one of my nothing. simple joys in life. Mm -hmm. Autumn is just a time of death. Constant <laughs> death. Okay, but here's the thing. Do... Does every human experience this, or do you have to be like a believer and accepted into this religion to be granted this life? I don't know. So the cool thing with Hinduism, and I don't know much about Buddhism. I've done most of this research through the Hinduistic, Hinduistic is that that a word? Hinduistic Hinduism. side, um, and Hinduism isn't really. From what I understand, it's not super strict in that, like, you become indoctrinated to be strictly Hindu. Like, it's more, it's more kind of a way of living, like an overall way of living rather than like a strict set of rules. So, like, some religions, um, even Christianity, you know, have certain rules or certain things, like certain um, commandments that are that are set out that you have to fulfill. You know to to achieve salvation or to achieve that that afterlife or you know eternal life with god um, but with hinduism they kind of accept every religion as just like a good path and so rather than saying like hey you need to be hindu to to be saved or to like to be you know have this reincarnation experience their their mindset is more just like hey everything that's good is good this is our belief that every religion is like a good path takes people down a good path and um it's just kind of like the overall experience that you have is more hindu than like a set of set rules and commandments <clears throat> so i thought that was interesting so as as far as my opinion on the subject <clears throat> so from a little bit that i was able to read it seems like there is some back and forth or some gray area of how some people are defining what reincarnation uh means technically according to them or according to all religions as a whole and a lot of uh what i've there were a lot of examples where they were putting christianity into that area of believing in reincarnation and using examples saying that um, a man must be born again in order to enter into the kingdom of heaven but like Jack said, my understanding of that is completely different with resurrection because it's you have your body now, and then in the after you die with the resurrection, you gain that same body. Whereas my understanding of reincarnation is it's a completely different body that you're going into. You could have been a man before, now you're a woman, or you could have been an American before, now you're an African. Um, or a rock before, and now you're a lobster. Rock lobster. So, interesting, interesting thoughts. Um, I think the general idea is that your solar essence kind of continues on through various life forms to gain experience and gain enlightenment. So, I wanted to go over some some really crazy, like mind blowing. Uh, stories about possible reincarnation. Are you yeah, possibly on Wanker.com? Uh, I am not. Okay, because I got some pretty crazy stories on here too, I just found. Because I was going to say, if this is, like, it would seem like if this is a constant cycle that all of us life forms are continuing to to come back into the same space and share that space with each other, there's got to be some overlap that we're able to kind of see some of this happening. I hope this, this probably goes without saying, but I kind of want to come out and say we are not uh, advising for or against any religion at all. Right. We're just kind of 
learning about a part of some religions and you know none of them are right or wrong in our mind you can do whatever you want kind of thing just we're just kind of learning that's all right and like yeah i'm probably ignorant to a lot of the views of hinduism so if i've misstated anything that's just my ignorance and what i've understood from my research so please don't hold that against me if i've said anything did you guys know christianity is the the biggest religion on earth i didn't know that mm-hmm. I, really I thought, it, I thought it was like second or third christianity with 2.4 billion followers then islam with 1.9 hinduism with 1.2 buddhism with uh 500 million and folk religion with 400 million yeah 400 million i think they got good bluegrass yeah <laughs> that's interesting because i remember growing up learning about religions and Christianity wasn't number one. So that's changed. Yeah, I'm pretty sure when I was a kid, it wasn't. Or maybe I'm just, maybe they told me differently. I don't know. Anyway, let's hear some of those stories, Austin. I'm, I'm really curious. So the very first one that I ever heard that really introduced me to the concept of reincarnation was there was this little boy, I think he was five or six and um, he had a very distinct birthmark on his head. And one day he told his mom, like, oh, yeah, I was I was murdered. And she's like, wait, what? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I, I was murdered. Like in my in my past life, I got murdered. She's like, what are you talking about? And so she got concerned and she ended up calling the police. And the boy was like, yeah, I know who murdered me. Like, I know where my body is. I can take you to where my body is. So the mom calls the police. The police come. And they go over to a neighbor's house a few houses down and they confront the neighbor and he denies it initially. But then the boy's like, no, my body's right over here. So then they dig up the ground and they find a skeleton and the skeleton had been hacked with an axe at the exact point on the head where the kid had his very distinct birthmark. And this is this is just a story that you remember from a while ago. I, I found it on a, my on this website I'm yeah. looking at. I found it. It's called it said a reincarnated murder victim returned to confront his killer at yep, the age I of think, four. Yeah, I think he's from Turkey, if I'm not uh, mistaken. When Karanfil Tumus of Turkey was pregnant with his a son in the fifties. So yeah, he led the police to the skeleton and they dug it up and um it had an axe wound in the head right where this kid had his birthmark. And so then when they found the skeleton, the neighbor finally admitted to murdering. This one says he was shot. Okay. Oh, does it? Yeah, this one says uh, Fesley had indeed been shot by a neighbor, but the neighbor claimed it was a hunting accident. Mm. But he insisted his past self had been killed due to an argument over meal grazing on the neighbor's field. Wait, wait, wait. So the kid said i was killed and then the murderer's like yeah i'm sorry it was me and blah 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 and the kid's like no 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 it wasn't you it was like some other guy in a field no no it was him but the guy who oh. killed him claimed it to be an a-, a hunting accident but then the kid said no it was a disagreement that we had right it's like no it wasn't a hunting accident you killed me over a over an argument over mule grazing in the neighbor's field. This was what year? 50s? The 50s, it says. And there's, I mean, that's just one of many stories on this page. I'm sure you've got more. Yeah, so the next one, this one's pretty crazy. Um, as a parent, this stuff would freak me out super bad. Like, I always hear of kids saying, like, weird crap, you know? Do you have the 911 one? I I have heard the 911 one. Oh, but let me I, see if I can find I that one. If you can find it while I tell this one, because that one's crazy okay. too. Um, this one's kind of similar though. So there was this kid. He his name was James Madison Leninger. He was born on April tenth of ninety eight, and like first first two years of life, he seemed like perfectly normal, um, nothing odd about him. But then when he was two, he he was really good at talking. Like he was pretty. Um, What's the word? He like he could speak really well when he was articulate? really young. Yeah, he was very articulate. Um, obviously, I'm not uh, articulate, <laughs> but he's very articulate at a young age, and 
And so when he was two, he started to have these really like vivid nightmares at night. And he would just kick and scream and like thrash around in his crib. And he would scream. He would always scream like similar things. He would scream like airplane crash, plane on fire, little man can't get out. And so these nightmares would just go on and on like every single night. And they, he would be screaming this for like an hour at a time. And his parents like couldn't calm him down. And so, um, like these went on for a while. Um, but pretty soon, like other things started happening. So like one day this happened between the ages of like two and four or two and five, like all these things started kind of coming together. And so it started with these nightmares. And then one day they're passing a toy store and James's mom was like looking in the window and she saw this world war two, like fighter plane toy in the window. And she was like looking and saying like how detailed it was and everything. And, um, and she's like, Oh look, there's even like a bomb on the bottom of it. And the kid, he's like, no mom, that's not a bomb. That's a drop tank. And he would point out all these features of these planes that not even his parents knew about. Like he knew intimate details of all these like world war two fighter planes. And he knew all the different parts of them. And they said that when he would play with his toy planes, he would do like pre-flight checks of the whole plane. And he would like do all these things to make sure the plane was functioning correctly and like say all these things that only like a pilot of that plane would know and one of the details that they said is he would always say like oh man my the tires on my on my corsair are flat the corsair was like one of the fighter planes in world war ii for the u.s and he would say oh man the tires are flat and so later on the parents looked up that detail and apparently the corsairs had a problem with the tires like going flat on the airstrips all the time and so he just knew all these little details that like only a pilot or only someone that would be around these planes would know. And parents like found it really odd because they didn't like watch any World War II movies. They didn't like have World War II stuff laying around. And this kid's like two or three, you know, and he knows all these details. And so then he just becomes like super obsessed over the next couple of years with World War II. Like he, his dad takes him to the flight museum in Dallas and like, He's just like totally mesmerized and he refuses to leave this World War II display at this museum. And so he begins like drawing pictures of fighter planes and he's like talking about them all the time. He's asking his parents for toy fighter planes and he'd like run around the house and have like all these imaginary battles with his toys. And um, he would call like he knew what all the planes were like the Wildcats and the Corsairs. And then he knew what the enemy planes were too. Like he would call them by the slangs like they were called like Zeke's or Betty's. Um, and so he would call them by their nicknames. And so the parents looked it all up and they like found out that all this information that he knew was correct. And so they're super confused. Um, and he was still, he was still like two or three at this point. Um, and so he continued to have his nightmares and like it got worse and worse. Um, and you'd always say the same thing, like playing on fire, a little man can't get out. Um, and so one day his mom asked him, like, who's the little man? And he said, it's, it was me. And so he said that in his nightmares, he's flying this Corsair plane and he took off from a boat called the Natoma. And his dad's like, well, that Natoma sounds like a Japanese plane. And he gets super like ticked off at his dad. He's like, no, it's not a Japanese plane. It's an American plane and, or like an American boat, like an aircraft carrier. And his dad's like, well, okay. Like, okay. So he goes and looks it up and it was this American aircraft carrier. And so um, he keeps telling of like one of his friends that was a pilot too named Jack Larson. And he's, he said, we both died in a battle. And his dad's like, where did you die? And he points at a map and he pointed over Iwo Jima. And um, his dad's like, okay, this is really weird. So he looks it up and there were two men who died in an aircraft battle over Iwo Jima named Jack. One of them was Jack Larson. And I don't, I, couldn't remember what this kid's name was um like who his reincarnation was but um so all this all these details are correct that they're looking up and his um his dad's like well who who killed you and he's like it was the, it was the japs and he's like well how do you know it was the japs and he's like well the big red sun on the sides of the plane that shot me down like i saw the big red sun and um so they're like trying to ask him like where have you learned all this information and he's like i was there like this this was me and um, so it just like the parents went to the extent of like finding veterans even that had served on the USS Natoma Bay. Like they talked to these veterans 
And um, it like he even the kid even na- would name his action figures like he named three of them Billy, Walter, and Leon. And the parents had found three of this boy's squad mates that were Leon Connor, Walter Devlin, and Billy Peeler. And they had also died in this battle. And so this kid's just like recognizing all these weird details and um like is just really crazy. That was pretty much it. But um he knew all these intimate details of these planes, of like people that he served with, where he shot where he was shot down, who he was shot down by, like uh, it just insane. Like I don't know what to make of it, but um, pretty pretty crazy stuff. So, so that person, you finish, Austin. No, go go ahead. Well, I was going to get into another story. So if you have anything else, go for it. So a story that I had heard of um, is about a girl named Shanti Devi, who is an Indian girl. That um, Native American. Thank you for the clarification. Not Native American. Gotcha. She is uh, from the country of India. Gotcha. Born in Delhi, India. And so this is in the 1930s. And over time, she continued to tell her parents that her real home isn't Delhi, India, but is Mathura. India, where her husband lived, which is about 145 kilometers. Don't know how many miles that is. Um, look it up, Jack. How many kilometers? 145. I'm guessing like 60? 90. So close. Not really. Hmm. So, uh, I mean, uh, yes. Born and raised or at least born and raised in a Hindu family, and then without going and wasting too much time to go into that detail, it looks like, yes, leader of Hindu. So Shanti then uh, gets this uh, investigation done by Mahatma Gandhi, and Mahatma Gandhi determines that she is, in fact, the reincarnation of Lugdi Devi. So there's two other reports of of her kind of sharing the story more in detail, and there's a few different books that are written over the whole thing. But it's a crazy story of this kid that got all of this press attention and was able to answer a lot of questions. And some of the things that I heard from other podcasts or other people talking about it is that she was able to recall like certain hiding places in their old house where her widower husband now lived and she was able to say yeah there's this special hiding spot where where either your wallet was hidden or we hid money or we hid these uh significant things and she's able to recall these details and point these things out that no one else is able to that you would think would be able to point those things out Oh, that's crazy. Dang. That was one of the most famous cases that I've heard of for sure, especially since it's since it happened like in India. It's one of the most like publicized cases that I've seen. And you got Gandhi there. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, that that I mean, a lot of this to me is unexplainable. I don't know yet whether I believe in reincarnation or not. Um, or what that really means to me, like whether it's reincarnation or whether it's something else. But this next story that I wanted to share is another one that just kind of blows my mind. This one has even more, um, basically the, the kid remembers more. Um, one official count that I saw was that he was able to verify like 55 different intimate details of his past life. Five. Um, so it was this kid, his name's Ryan, he's from, I think, Oklahoma. He was four or five when this happened, and his parents noticed that he would often, like, when he was playing with other kids, he would yell, like, action, or, like, scene, things like that. Like, he's, like, directing a movie type thing. Um, and he would just, like, randomly out of nowhere, he would perform these, like, intricate tap dance routines and things like that in front of the family. And so they're like, where is he getting all this stuff? And then 
one night he wakes his parents up like terrified and he told them that he thought his heart was going to explode and he Jeez. said he said like he thought it would explode like it did when he was in Hollywood but they lived in Oklahoma and they'd never been to California he'd never had any heart problems and so they get concerned um and they start like questioning him like what like what about Hollywood like and they start showing him things like books about Hollywood like old Hollywood and things like that and when they started showing him these books like from the 20s and 30s and stuff he would point out different actors in these pictures and he like he would point out legendary ones like Marilyn Monroe like Rita Hayworth um but then he would also point out like like really lesser known people who like would never have been a household name like maybe had like one movie appearance or one television show appearance you know and so one day they're flipping through this book and um they he ryan the kid points to this image of a man in a picture and he says like mom that's me like i found myself and um like sh sure enough they they uh they found so he he explained a scene from the movie um so it was a still picture from this movie called night after night it was a 1932 film and he's like i found me and then he goes on explaining this scene involving all these guns that were like hidden in a closet in a room and so then the parents found the movie and they watched it and this scene like happened exactly how the kid described it and so um the kid go starts to go into more detail he describes his former mother like all of her hair her appearance he describes his sister he describes his daughter um he describes that he was rich and had all of these expensive cars like specific colors and models of cars and that his house had a swimming pool and he says that he lived on a street with the word rocks in the name and um and said that he was a, a dancer on broadway and traveled to europe on a big boat and danced with all these pretty ladies and stuff and um so the parents are like this is crazy the, the film that he referenced night after night like the guy the actor that he claimed to be his name was Marty Martin, and the guy had one line in the whole film. It was his only, <laughs> it was his only film appearance, and then he became an agent in Hollywood after this. So the parents are like, "There's no way our four-year-old would know." Like this is 2002 or 2003 by now. They're like, "There's no way he would know this Marty Martin, like from the 30s, who had one line in a film that was like not even a good film." You know, I do and, think that that's like a pretty good shot in the dark that like it matches up. But as far as like names that would be brought up by a little kid, Marty Martin has got to be like at the top. <laughs> what a terrible well, name, <laughs> right? Well, no, they like found they he corroborated a lot of details from this guy's life. So they the parents eventually found out that Marty had a daughter. And so she was still alive. She was like in her fifties at the time. And so they reached out to his daughter and Ryan confirmed a lot of details with her, like would tell her things about the life. Like she didn't give him information. Like he would give her information and then she would confirm it. So specific things about like what their family did growing up, like specific events of things that they did or like specific people and their appearance and things like that. And um, they then found out that he did dance on Broadway. Um, he did drive like these specific cars. He did have a house with a pool and that he lived on a street that was called Roxbury Street. And so he had claimed that he lived on a street with the word rock in it. Um, and so there's a lot of like skepticism with this claiming like, oh, like what if the parents are grooming him or like what if he just found out all this information on his own? But the daughter said that um, they would, they took him, so the daughter would confirm all these details and, you know, he would confirm like, oh yeah, I was married four times, like these are the names of my wives. And then they took him to this doctor who is a, a popular doctor, his name is Dr. Jim Tucker, he's a, a children's psychiatrist, and he's worked with over 2,500 children um, who claim that they've like been reincarnated or have past lives. And so Dr. Tucker would show him, he would get like 15 old timey pictures of women and he would say, all right, like show me the four wives. And then he would pick out the four wives and then the daughter would confirm be like, yep, those are like that. Those that's my mom and my stepmom's like, 
There's a children's psychiatrist that is showing old-timey pictures of women to children. Yeah, he's doing research to try and like research. find out the science. Got, I gotta do some research. <laughs> what, what, like, why? Why is that bad to show? Just, <laughs> just, just a. It all just it sounds. Some of these things just sound really funny to me. Like I never, I never even considered of like what parents might do. Uh, or that parents might be involved with grooming their children to do this. Never even thought about that, but like there is some sick stuff that parents have done to take advantage of their kids. And so, I mean, it's just not out of... So that's where my mind was, and so then you started talking about a, a psychologist showing pictures of women to children and thought it was funny. I don't think it's that weird. Like to confirm these details of his life, like, they they would also show him pictures of, like, classic cars, and he'd be like, yep, I own this one, this one, this one. Um, they would show him pictures of, like, actors and stuff, and he'd pick out the actors and name them. So I don't think it's too weird. Like, I don't know. I think it's crazy more than anything. Like, because first of all, like, even... I have a three-year-old, so this kid was four, but I have a three-year-old, I can't get her to sit still for 10 seconds. So if I tried to groom her, it would be impossible. Like there is no way that I could groom her to remember all these details. First of all, like I couldn't get her to sit still long enough to do it. And then second of all, like I don't think she would remember it all with such like such a clear recollection of it all, like perfect recollection of it. And just like all these things, you know, there was there was a list and I can't find it now, but I found a list of like all these different facts that the kid had corroborated about this guy's life. And he even corroborated the age at which he died. Um, he corroborated um, how he died. He corroborated like all these details of things like that, that was to me like. I don't, there's no way that a four-year-old would find all that out on his own. Who knows if he knew how to read at the time. Um, but like, I don't know. I just don't, I don't see why parents would also groom their children for this specifically. I think that if they were out to get fame or like recognition, I think there's other ways that you could groom your children to be like, to be more in the limelight than like, hey, I was this unknown Hollywood actor from the 30s, you know? Like, I just don't see it as, like, a parent grooming. So to me, it, yeah, you never know. But I, I just don't see that side of it. So to me, this one was really crazy because of all the details that he confirmed and that the daughter, like, also corroborated a lot of the information. Like, a, a first-hand source from this guy's life was like oh yeah all this stuff is true like he's telling the truth maybe he's just the luckiest kid on the planet maybe maybe we don't know and there's no way to prove it tell you what if if we're if we're bringing the account of uh three-year-olds into all this i think that we could safely say that every three-year-old has been reincarnated from a dog or a puppy and a cat most likely only because, from what I've seen, Austin's daughter <laughs> doing when she when it's time for her to be a puppy, like she is all in as a puppy. Oh, speaking of that, the funniest thing today: we were in our bedroom, and Emmeline, my daughter, was in there with us, and the sun was shining in the window, and it like glared off my watch onto the wall, and she saw it. And I sat there with her for like more than five minutes and just ran that light across the wall and she chased it for five minutes. I'm not even joking. Like she chased it like a cat with a laser for five minutes. Yeah, it was so funny. But pretty yeah, crazy those, stories. Those are those are the stories. So Okay, like, so what's what's your overall like if you were to give a quick yes or no if like how much that you believe about it or a final thought, what would it be, Jack? I can't. I I don't know enough to say yes or no. I I don't know. That's I don't know. I don't wanna say anything bad about a religion. I personally I don't know, I 
wouldn't have believed it before today. But I mean, if all these stories are true, then I don't see another explanation. I've been reading a few of these other ones just on the side here. There's a bunch of short ones. Like this elderly man led a uh, bunch of... What are they called? Archaeologists to a a city that hadn't been excavated yet. And he told them that... He's like, yeah, I died right here. I was a guard. Somebody stabbed me with a spear. And he was able to lead them directly there. And he was able to tell them what the things they found were for. Because they were like, we have no idea what these tools are for. And he'd be like... He said he offered a plausible explanation regarding their uses. So, he's, I mean, there's no way to tell if he's right or wrong. But it says that it baffled scholars for years and he was able to offer one almost instantly. I don't know. You, you, I don't think you can make crap like that up. How was he able to find a literal ancient city that hadn't been excavated yet? He said he saw it on TV, like in the background. He's like, wait, that looks familiar. And then he led a team of archaeologists to it. That's crazy. That's a that's a new one I hadn't heard before. That's interesting. Yeah, What's like specific uh, quick details of that? Uh, let's see. His name is Arthur Flowerdew. He and he said for his entire lifetime he was haunted with inexplicable and vivid memories of a city surrounded by a desert and a temple carved into a cliff. One day while watching a BBC documentary on television, he saw one city of Petra Jordan. To his amazement, the city matched the one in his head. After Flowerdew shared his story with several people, BBC reporters contacted him, asking to, be, to put his story on television. Several archaeologists flew to Petra with Flowerdew. He recognized landmarks with ease, including sites that had not been excavated yet. When presented with ancient device, the, pur the purpose of which had baffled scholars for years, he offered a plausible explanation regarding their uses. After seeing a guard station, Flowerdew recalled that he had died there when he was stabbed with a spear. The experts who accompanied Flowerdew believe his claims of reincarnation, doubting someone would be able to fake or fabricate the breadth of knowledge he displayed. Flowerdew maintained that he had never studied the city previously and only heard of, of it upon seeing it on television. While Flowerdew could possibly have withheld information regarding his education, many believe that his story, or this is a true reincarnation story. That's really interesting. I, it, Petra is like crazy, crazy um, well-known. I would say like more or less as well-known as Stonehenge. Um, like it is, it's got tons of, of different um like archae archaeological sites but that's super interesting that he's able to be like oh yeah over in this area where no one's been looking there's more it's crazy i don't know there's no other explanation in my mind but i you know i feel like that's something you'd need to study for your whole life to be able to talk about you know pretty confidently like someone that's you know been part of Hinduism or Buddhism for their entire lives and been studying this. I don't want to, I don't want to downgrade their research at all, but I just don't know. So as far as like people that maybe don't know what Petra is, Petra is like really, it's used pretty frequently in a lot of different movies, <clears throat> including like Indiana Jones and the last crusade. Um, it's like the desert, um, ancient city that's carved into the side of a mountain. Um, it's in the mummy. It's in Transformers. So it's like it's it's used pretty widely, but and it it still continues to be like a big site that they're finding more and more stuff, trying to figure out what it is that Petra was really used for. So that'd be really interesting to see exactly what Arthur said, Petra like what that site was yeah. back in the day. Yeah. I don't, all the ones I'm looking at are, they're just like, they're like two paragraph stories of all of these. So they don't go into huge detail. So side uh, note, some, someday I want to do a podcast on, well, we could do multiple on like ancient civilizations and like Petra, Gobekli Tepe, 
um like the aztec pyramids mayans incas like all that kind of stuff it's like ancient greece yeah i want to do all of that yeah those are all super interesting so what's your kind of final synopsis or take austin um fascinating topic i don't know if i believe in like reincarnation in terms of having all these different lives and living in multiple life forms but um it's hard for me to deny these these stories um i don't i don't necessarily believe in the traditional idea of reincarnation but is there some influence from the other side that's passing on details somehow in a way that we don't understand i don't know um but i don't necessarily believe in the traditional reincarnation as it's posed in like hinduism well i really like about the belief in reincarnation is that there is such a it it it's really easy to look at the the universe as like a cold dark inhospitable place that just churns out chaos and things happen randomly and even if you don't believe in any kind of of god and there's some religions that don't necessarily believe in a supreme being or creator but in this cycle of this life there's something that is like really merciful about a universe that recycles that kind of spiritual life and allows it to progress into i guess a more pure form of that entity or whatever um whatever kind of material the soul is so i think that there's something that is like really um really optimistic and is it i think really taps into uh motivate uh, into motivation and drive into progressing and being that better um kind of soul right i definitely agree with the idea of our consciousness or our soul like carrying on after this life and it existing before this life um so i do agree that there is a continuation of like our soul or our consciousness just not in this in this way of like taking on a new body or a new person i will say though one story close to my family real quick i won't mention who it was but um we had a close family member tell us he was an only child and he told us that he had a brother i don't know if he was stillborn or if he died right at birth um but his younger brother died and so he grew up an only child and then when his first son was born he just had an overwhelming feeling that like the spirit that was in his son was that of his brother who had died and so that spirit had like carried on and been placed in his son kind of thing which is pretty cool like i don't know how to explain that but um i have a hard time denying that person's like feeling of that so yeah it's hard it's hard to like knock on anyone's uh thoughts and beliefs when you're dealing with like yeah but i i felt this and like when I thought about this, I had this feeling like that. I knew that that was what it was. It's hard to, because you can never really tap into exactly what they were feeling at the time to understand what brought on that conviction. But in general, I think that, I think that at a minimum, that any person at a minimum could hope that reincarnation is a thing that that there's a purpose to to this life and it leads to something in the next life mm -hmm. right any other final thoughts before we wrap up oh man i think that was pretty good crazy stories crazy thought mm -hmm. I don't know what to say. I don't know. What it this is, is definitely one that crazy topic. That like 
it it's something that has come back to me many different times wondering like how do these stories or these experiences how does this fit into my own belief and the way i see the world and mm. there's there's a little bit of a nudge and a little bit of a push of like is there something else happening it's interesting right again we're Def not re we're not religious consultants so <laughs> don't don't believe what we say believe what you want or whatever you believe in you guys didn't get your religious consultant certification online no, no, it's got lost in the mail. I got my, was it Stevens Henniger? I got my, oh, I I got my free laptop with it. Even as, it came with it. Like I got it all set and ready to go did for you, this podcast. Did you even get to keep it after you graduated? Well, I I didn't quite graduate. We we're working out the details. Uh, I might have to give it back, and I had something about paying fifty percent. I don't know. Uh, okay, I see. Well, this was fun. Um, hit us up. We're going to be posting on the social media weekly. And hit us up if you want us to talk about something specific or if you have your own stories um, or if we completely butchered the Hindu religion hmm. and you want to correct us. So, Possible. yeah, let us, let us know what you guys think. And thanks again for the support. We love you all. Thank you so much, guys. Love talking with you. Farewell, loyal followers. <laughs>